Holy, um, originally by uh, Aretha Franklin, and um, so many of my favorite artists um, have recreated that. That was John Legend featuring the Roots, and I am Pastor Sean Tyus coming to you with our brand new podcast called Consider the Lilies. Consider the Lilies, and I am so, so, so honored to have our first guest, Pastor Lisa Yaboa, and she is going to talk about rest as a holy mandate. Let's listen in. Pastor, are there things that are on your plate right now that you are kind of struggling to get done? Like, do you even feel like a kingdom pressure? Yeah. Well, I know I think that there are times when um, I always say that, like, uh, for me, a uh, uh, indicator is when I feel like a restlessness, like a holy restlessness. When I that's when I sometimes uh, um, I I tend not to use punitive language when I talk about God only because I've had to re- reorient myself to not that kind of like way of being where it's like everything doesn't have to be punitive in order for it to be attached to who who God is. But oftentimes like this idea of something does not, something feels amiss because I think God wants me to feel fullness of life or wants me to feel wholeness or wants me to feel uh, anchored or secured. And so when I feel like I'm tiptoeing around life, then there's a restlessness is Mm -hmm. how I normally feel when like, oh, I probably should be doing something. And I just, um, yeah, I just need to like get up on it. Good. Let, let's talk about this November and the whole bunch of not doing something that you're going to be doing. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> like I have loved watching people talk about them baking bread and learning how to make, you know, um, <laughs> you know, become plant parents and, you know, learning the ukulele and all these types of things during this pandemic. I think for some people, um, having to take shelter in place created a, um, a slower rhythm for life. It's been disruptive for their, um, maybe the ways in which they used to work. And mm-hmm. for me, there just hasn't really been very much of a break. It has been um, having to fail fast, innovate faster, fail fast, innovate faster. Mm. So I feel like I have been working, working, working. And, um, and I'm a person who takes very seriously Sabbath, but again, 
trying to find new rhythms in the midst of a pandemic, it has been hard for um, me to take deep breaths. I'm breathing, but it's been hard for me to take deep breaths mm. in the midst of it. And um, just having a conversation with my um, therapist, I was like, you know what? September and October were incredibly busy months and I need to get ahead of mm. um, the new year by slowing it up in November. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's a woman, uh, she's my director of operations. We work together. She's my no mentor mm -hmm. for the month of November. Accountability, I'm not adding anything to my calendar for the month of November if it hadn't already gotten onto my calendar within September or, or October. So wow. yeah, I'm gonna take, so I need um, some time to let my head and my heart get on the same page about some stuff. And because mm -hmm. I have been working so um, without breaks throughout this pandemic, I just know that there's a lot that I need to sit down with. So November Ooh. will be my month to do that. So was this November a, a holy mandate for, for rest? A holy mandate to rest for you? Do you feel that way? And how does this tie into your previous views about the Sabbath? Whatever reason, when I grew up, you didn't take other days for rest, but like Sunday was the day you were, was like kind of like known as like the Sabbath day. And unfortunately, and this is just me being honest about um, how and where I grew up, that meant like basically don't move, don't look like you're having fun, don't. I mean, it's like, it was like you hunkered down. So I didn't mm -hmm. always attach a freedom to Sabbath. I kind of attach more of like a sit down somewhere and don't make too much noise. Like was like mm. how I, how I, how I understood Sabbath as a, a younger person. Now, mm -hmm. now I, t I know it as, as a day to be reminded. I did not create God. God created me. Mm. I did not breathe breath into God. God breathed breath into me. And um, in the same way that God is a God of creation, God is also a God of recreation or recreation. So my Sabbath is typically spent doing the things that remind me that I am not the one who has to toil or like create or, um, uh, or like um, strive, but that I be engaged in the things that remind me like that God delights in me, that, mm -hmm. um, that a life of joy, a life of, um, like space and margin. So whether that's going to the mm -hmm. farmer's market or watching the great British baking show, or, um, just being reminded of how much God, God loves me. I typically take, well, before the pandemic Friday was the day that I took as like my, my Sabbath day when my life gets really crazy. Um, this is also pre-pandemic. What I would try to do is find in a seven-day block. Uh, mm -hmm. um, if so, if you think about the day, the the week as like three blocks, th three blocks in every day. That's like you know you've got like what twenty-four. Eight, eight, and eight. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. three, three, three blocks, um, like morning, middle, that morning, afternoon, night mm -hmm. for the seven days. So three times seven is 21. So 21 blocks. Um, then how can I find out of those seven blocks, uh, out of those 21 blocks, um, seven moments to try to like have a little bit of, have a little mm -hmm. downtime. That's a little bit over the, um, uh, you know, when things get kind of a little bit crazy, but there's always going to be some carving out of time. Again, this pandemic has made rhythms feel really different, but for mm -hmm. me, Fridays were the days that I typically just, um, I put an out of office. Mm -hmm. um, I do the things that are spacious and fun for me. Um, now, interestingly, mm -hmm. Sunday feels like the most spacious day because I don't have to be I'm not waking up at the crack of dawn. Um, mm -hmm. We pre-record our worship services, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, I just feel like we are our best selves when we're rested. Mm. And God knows that. Mm -hmm. and, and God knew that. And God, I think, modeled that for, for us um, in, in, the, in the creation. I'm often wondering, you know, did God... Does it say that that at the end he rested because God needed rest? And so I've been kind of 
struggling with these things um, just as a precursor to Christ. Like, is God showing us some type of humanness? Mm-hmm. Um, does our creator need to rest? Was that, you know, we, we, are we talking about a thinking and feeling creator that even at this part in our Bible is showing us that as you were talking about, even with the, the 21 blocks that rest has to be regimented. Mm-hmm. Well, and just I, as creation is, and, and one of the things that I love to think about with the creations, with the creation narratives, is that you know it says that, and then God rested. And I, I hold to the fact that it's not like God was so tired and was like, right, I don't feel that. Do you? That, that God, you know, was, it was like so rough, but that instead, like God does not invite us into a life that God, God's self, doesn't also enter into. Like it's like, um, if if uh, if 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 these are the ways of God. Mm-hmm. then I get, I get invited into the ways of God. I get invited mm-hmm. into God's rest. But the other way to think of, uh, think about it is that the first gift that humanity is given is the gift of rest. Cause you'll, mm. say, you'll notice that in the, in, in the creation narratives after um, humanity is made in God's image, then, then it says, and God rests. So they, they were invited. It's like, it's like you getting a new job and your first day they're like, take a day off and do something that's like marginful and spacious. So I like mm. to also think about it that God models well for us the kind of life we're invited into. And then the first day of creation is a day where we get to be reminded that we didn't create ourselves, but that we are the overflow of God's love and creation, which is what Sabbath is. It's like to know the goodness, um, um, to know that we're, we're, that when God looks at everything God creates, God says it was very good. Um, Mm. We love to think about the, the, the curse in the, in, um, in the garden, but we forget about the original blessing that we are, we're very good. Um, the Ten Commandments, where Sabbath is located, because um, people, right. I, I like to just remind folks that um, the it's a commandment and not a suggestion. And oftentimes we think of the commandments mm. as the nine commandments and the one suggestion. Like we we'll, we'll say, of course we don't want to murder, but you know what? I never t- I never take a vacation. It's like, but that's also a commandment that you mm-hmm. that you rest. But the reason why God encodes that in the way in in the way of life for the Israelites is that to to rest to rest or not be able to rest is what set set one apart from either being free or being a slave. Mm. And so God is basically helping to prepare God's people to say, "You, I no longer want you to be habituated by the ways of your life in hostage when you were in Egypt. So you need to know what it is to rest because that's what separated." slaves from those who were free is if you got to right. rest if you were enslaved you were not given a day of rest and so god is like god's also mm. mapped on us this reality of like you no longer are living an enslaved you no longer are living an enslaved um mm-hmm. life so i sometimes say to my church community and and what i'm reminding myself in november is um let me not be my own pharaoh like oh, when i pastor like let me not be my <laughs> let me not be my Ooh. when I don't when we don't rest, it's when we don't rest, mm. it's us being our own pharaoh. And this is mm. why why we take to the streets. This is why we fight for people to have a living wage. This is why we should feel unsettled about people who have to have five jobs and they still can't pay the bills. It's because we recognize a pharaoh. When people when people are yes. held systems, yes. keep them from being able to rest. That should cause us to be uneasy. And then two, we should not be the kind of people, if we do have the agency to take rest, that we don't do it. Because why would I enslave mm-hmm. myself? My God, teach us. But even when we were talking a little bit about mm. doing this, um, you know, this conversation, and I said, I need to really keep some commitments to myself mm-hmm. of resting. It, mm-hmm. A lot of it is, because if I start saying no to the gift that God has given me, that's not me showing kindness to myself. And this is not the way God would treat me. Mm-hmm. So why, you know, why would I betray, why would I betray the commitment, you know, of, of being mm. able to rest? Um, I will not treat myself like mm. one who was enslaved when the world already wants to do, I mean, as a, I was trying to set right. me up for that. Right. I want to do that to myself to the mm-hmm. extent that I, that I, that I have the agency to rest. Why would I enslave myself? So pastor, do we, get this as a faith community as as a body and why don't we get it why why haven't i heard a lot of sermons about the sabbath 
I'm a I'm a sucker for rest. I love rest. So I probably my sweet church community hears about um, Sabbath, if not t- twice a year, because I'm just like, we are going to slow it on up, everyone. Um, mm. um, so I think, you know, like I was sharing about when I was growing up, there was a there was a prescription to Sabbath that I don't think was very helpful, which is you don't mm. play cards on this day. You don't dance on this day. Um, I, I did I did I did love the fact that. Um, you know, a lot of places were closed. And so it, it, it forced folks to not um, consume, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so there was a, a very different rhythm, but, th- but there was a particular prescription mm-hmm. to Sabbath that I think was not, um, I can't say that I, I attached Sabbath the way, the way I was told you were supposed to keep mm-hmm. Sabbath to like recreation. It just was mm-hmm. not, those two things did not go hand in hand when you were told it- sit down and don't make too much noise. Like and that's just a point of, point of clarification. I, I hate to interrupt you, Pastor, but did you grow up Seventh-day Adventist? No. Mm-mm. What What was your denomination I, I, I growing up? up? United Methodist. I, I okay. Okay. So just to put the context, when you uh-huh. say places were closed, yep. that's just, you know, it business. It was kind of like Sunday was, I mean, you know, we would sometimes, you know, of course have like, you know, meals or whatever, but I, I will never forget. There was a young, um, one of my dear friends, uh, and in her household, if you went to her house on a Sunday, mm. just was like, look at each other. Like you just look at each other across the room, <laughs> telepathically try to have fun. Um, for, for in her household, it was just considered like you, we just didn't, we didn't do, you just didn't, you just weren't. It was a shutdown. Yeah. And I guess maybe, you know, sometimes that's like this mismanagement around what does it mean to be holy? But that's mm. a whole nother story and a whole nother podcast for another day. But mm. um <laughs> I think I'm okay with if a person feels like Tuesday's the day that they're able to have like margin or Friday's the day. I, it's kind of like when Jesus talks about like, you know, who is the Sabbath for? Is, is it that we're trying to like right. micromanage the Sabbath with a Sabbath micromanage us? I think Jesus was trying to give us this freedom of, of recognizing wherever you find rest mm. and the kind of rest where you recognize that you are the goodness of God's creation therein is is sabbath versus sabbath is x plus y equals z um Mm -hmm. now i think there's something very beautiful about our jewish brothers and sisters who prepare i mean who really do prepare in such a way like i think we can Mm -hmm. learn something what does it look like for me to if i say i'm taking a day off that my day is um on the front end i have prepared so that it really does end up being a day day of rest not I'm going to run the errands I couldn't get I couldn't get done during the work week. Why doesn't it feel like we can get things all of our boxes checked off? And and then as as believers who believe in abundant life, I'm I'm going to even be honest about myself. I feel like abundant life means I'm doing an abundant amount of things. Right? I, I just picked up a flamenco class. I ain't had time for that. <laughs> I didn't have time for that. I didn't have time, but I, I feel like it is a part of my prescription for an abundant life to be able to carve out time to dance. But how do I just feel at night that I have not only satisfied myself, but I satisfied God. Like God is looking at me and saying, you're doing the things that I've equipped you to do. I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. You're, you are not busy for the kingdom or busy doing the things in the kingdom. You are productive mm-hmm. in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like if there's always something to do in the kingdom, you know, as, as, as a pastor that our work is never done. How, and, how do and we I'm do that? Yeah. And yet I'm not God. You're not God. I'm not God. So I, my work is never done. It's, it's, um, it's uh, you know, I, I think one of the great gifts of this work or this calling is that I get to handle holy things and I'm still human. And so mm-hmm. I'm finite, which means I got to sleep. I'm finite. I can't, I cannot be fueled only by oxygen. I got to eat. I am finite. I, um, my emotional threshold is not that of the one who is omnipotent. 
And so I don't try to pretend that I'm God. And as soon as, and I think that's too what, what Sabbath, what rest helps us to know is when we start to be, begin to think that we are God, we get ourselves into a lot of trouble. When we're not rested, when most people are not rested is when they make bad decisions and when they're oftentimes right. not their best selves. Who likes to drive when they're tired? You're not a very great driver when you're mm -hmm. tired. Do you mm -hmm. know that most affairs typically happen after work? And it's not because they happen at night. It's because they happen when people um, are at a place where they feel most frazzled. And when mm -hmm. you're frazzled, then it's sometimes harder to make great decisions. One of the beautiful things even too about the commandment for rest is it comes, it's wedge, it's the transition. Um, it's the mm -hmm. transition commandment. The first commandments are about fidelity to God. The latter commandments are fidelity to neighbor. And in the middle is rest. Rest mm. helps you know to be faithful to God. Rest helps you to be faithful to, um, to neighbor. When I'm mm. rested, I don't look at everyone as my, as my as, uh, comparison. So then maybe mm. I don't covet my neighbor's stuff. Rest helps us to be to be more reflective of God. And when we're reflective of God, then we're good to our neighbors. So it helps us with the, the like I said, the first, uh, the first commandments are about um, love the Lord your God. They're about like, don't ever, ha don't have graven images and don't use the Lord's name in vain. Then the uh, rest command about Sabbath. And then it begins with, do not you know commit adultery, do not um, uh, murder, do not covet your neighbor's stuff. It's like, Oh, it, but rest is the one that like holds those two realities, love of God and love of neighbor together. Um, Cause it's the reminder. It's the reminder. Because, yeah. I'm made in God's mm. image. Mm. When we come back from the break of this very, very dynamic discussion with Pastor Lisa, we're going to talk about rest and how maybe the lack of rest um really affects our discernment and potentially our ability to hear clearly from God. Come on back. Stay tuned. Pastor Lisa, can you talk to us about where rest and discernment intersect? It is very difficult to uh, discern what is just, what is background noise and what is the still small voice um, of God. And, um, you know, the tyranny of busyness can oftentimes get us like seduced into this place of feeling like this is what um, it looks like to be productive. And we forget that sometimes just being um, in the Wesleyan tradition, we talk about practicing the presence of God, like learning yes. present to God is like, a, there's something beautiful about just being in God's presence like that in and of itself um, is enough. But the world will say, no, you need to be, what's the return on investment? What's your output? What are going to be the outcomes? And um, once again, there was a, uh, there was just a moment when God said, uh, you are very good because you are my, my created, um, mm -hmm. not because mm -hmm. of what we produce, but because of who God has made us to be. And, mm. the, and rest, rest is our, is our, um, rest is the way that we show that we actually trust that, mm. that it is just that, I, that just ended up the, ended up the fact that I was created by God is good enough. Hard stop. Not what I do, but who I be. Hard stop. And rest is like I trust that. Like I act. Like when I decide to take to to like to step away from my email, it's because I actually believe. I think God will take. Will somehow figure it out. Like we'll be okay. The world will not fall apart because I am not, you know, running around like a crazy person. It takes a lot of trust to rest. I feel like sometimes Sabbath is the most courageous thing any of us could do. Why don't we have more models of it or more just not even sermons, but workshops, practical discussions about it in our in our places of, of faith? What why I, I think we need training on this. I, I think we actually 
need help to rest. Mm -hmm. I think there's some things, there's some unlearned behavior that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. There's some, some lessons that need to be unlearned and, and we do it. And, And then there is some behavior in our churches, especially in our, in our black churches that needs to be shifted. I remember some of the women in church being worked to the bone and being in different meetings and being in different settings where if you were not on five different committees, if you were not um, doing this in the harvest festival, then the coat drive and this and this and this, then you weren't as faithful as sister such and such that even as a norm anxiety and busyness and piling ourselves up with to-do items is actually and has been actually encouraged in our place of worship. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that, Pastor? Yeah, you know, I think there are like multiple layers to it. I think one, um, we do live within systems that have kept us oppressed where for sometimes just for the sake of our survival, um, rest has been denied many of us. And, um, and I think we've been habituated then to uh, prove worth based off of our work. Um, and I don't think that that's on a, uh, always on a micro level. I think there are lots of people who would love for rest to be, um, um, where rest really is an act of resistance because rest doesn't always feel like a gift. It, it's not given. It's not just like automatically granted. It, it really does come as an act of resistance. But whenever something is resistance, it may also come at a cost. And so, you know, I think we can't, um, we can't like uh, overlook that white supremacy culture, which is just like, I mean, this is where we live in, um, mm-hmm. and, and it shapes it shapes, it shapes the ways in which all of us like live or survive or thrive. Mm-hmm. It all depends on, you know, your social location that sometimes it just, we have just been denied the opportunity to know and understand and live into rest as a gift. I think with that, um, you talked about like model, like where are the models for rest? I think if we have watched through the ages, people hustle, 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 grind, 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 grind. Um, then we hustle, 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 hustle. We mm-hmm. grind, 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 grind. And to keep the mm-hmm. thing going, we hustle, hustle, hustle. We grind, grind, grind. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we are applauded for that. Like, you know, we're mm-hmm. praised for that. Exactly. Um, it's, it's, it's a way, it's a way in which, uh, way in which, um, that we as human beings begin to like, uh, find our place in, in this world. Um, and it becomes, um, like a malformation around, um, around life. And because we do attach so much to our utility, I mean, before, I mean, I think, especially if too, if you are, if you inhabit a black body, Mm. we have to remember, like, we weren't always seen well with Black Lives Matter. I mean, not always seen in our humanity. We've seen we've been seen in, in regards to our utility. And yes. that is yes. that is a that's not that's not a this is where I feel like we have grace for ourselves is that you want to talk about lots of years of being conditioned to think of um literally of our bodies as as an as output mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. just the, the the our humanity. So I do believe that like whether it's like rest as resistance or watching individuals, um, learning how to celebrate folks who take time for themselves, who fight for their own lives, who fight as hard for their lives as they fight for other people's lives, to see something good and beautiful in in resting, in being, in the forms of self-care that help us to come home to ourselves. I think when we also learn how to celebrate that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll find that we might be able to, to recondition ourselves. Is coronavirus a blessing for us in this way? So I, I might, I might, I might, I might shift by saying. Uh, so maybe not to use the term blessing with coronavirus, mm-hmm. but I do think that out of out of all things, um, how how might God still be present? I I don't like to th- I do not like to confer this kind of theology that like this is what God did to us to teach us. Something, you know, I'm kind of like mm-hmm. I could also no. puppies, and that could teach me a good lesson too. God doesn't have like you know strike the land. Um, mm-hmm. But what I do think, let me tell you where I think has been what has been a gift out of this pandemic 
is right. that in having to stay at home, many of us have come home to ourselves. We have recognized that our relationship with work, how we used to work, we needed to let it go. That the ways in which we felt about our outcomes, our outputs, our performance, mm-hmm. realizing like, you know what? I get just as much work done when I've been wearing yoga pants and the same top three days mm. in a row as when I wore quote unquote, a power suit. Like it's like, it's, it's made me very human. It's reminded me, oh, that's mm-hmm. right. I really never had control. Um, and my worth, um, you, we have a dear friend, Dr. Margaret Brunson, that our worth is not uh, our work. My worth mm-hmm. is tethered to a God who loves me and creates me out of love. And mm-hmm. staying at home has helped me to realize that. Like, I don't have in real time when I'm preaching feedback from people. I don't see anybody's head going mm-hmm. because I don't see them anymore. So unless I just believe that God gave me the words, I'm going to be waiting for someone to validate me. Being at home has helped me to realize God, God validates me every time I have breath in my lungs and I can move my hands. Like that is just going to be, um, I think this, I mm-hmm. think, I think this pandemic has helped us as crazy as it's going to sound, mm. uh, rediscover the beauty of our humanity that we did not create God and that God created us. <laughs> and there's mm-hmm. something really beautiful, um, really beautiful about that. And I do think that for some people it has slowed us down, but it slowed us down enough for us to, to like bump into our belovedness. Mm. Do you think worship service for some was a crutch and people are actually, actually getting to an authentic faith by not, by not engaging in some of the pomp and circumstance of congregate worship? You know, so I I can only speak for the community that I get to journey alongside the church community. I think what, what um, has happened for folks is realizing maybe one um, thinking of church life as being very much Sunday centric Mm -hmm. and having a new imagination for church life being Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, when people connect via Zoom to check in with each other, to ask, how is it with your soul? When folks are sending text messages of like affirmations, when individuals are eating with each other via Zoom, even though we can't come to the communion table, I think what people are realizing is like, maybe we we, we, we thought like we, we hold up all the stuff and then it like, Ta-da, you know, on Sunday versus realizing like we are the gathered and scattered people, but now we're scattered and it has to like, how do we understand like our homes is like the embassies of what God is doing. Um, so I would say in my, in my community, it's, it maybe it's expanded in imagination beyond like, su- like somehow Sunday is what really like, that's where, you know, we really showed ourselves. Like, it's eventful. Yeah. It's like, no, but like on Tuesday, I'm also now recognizing how my breakfast table becomes like the table of the Lord, how my front porch becomes like a place where I entertain angels, how on Thursday, when I take a walk on the Mm. greenway, that might become my moment for like um, uh, embodied prayer. And I don't have to, it's not like just because I come to a building on a Sunday is what Mm -hmm. makes that happen. Um, And like Mm. I said, you know, this pandemic sometimes has forced some of us to get quiet and to have to sit with the Mm -hmm. things that um, busyness kept us from attending to. Even church? uh, Maybe even, maybe even church. Yeah. I mean, I know Mm. for me, um, I think even for me, you know, it's made me realize like, now, why was I investing so much in, in that? <laughs> um, it makes me ask some, some, some very different, some very different questions, um, which is also part of this November of like, just discerning like, okay, God, uh, I want to, I need to reimagine also to what does it mean for me to show up for my church community? Um, I now have mm-hmm. had set, you know, seven good months to kind of sit with some stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. now I need to listen to God's voice. I want to ask you one more question and then I want to end with you telling us about your November, right? Because we want, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. 
And if and and if our listeners can take a piece of what you're doing in an effort for you to get peace, then that's that's the whole point of this thing, right? But what do believers need to understand about that in the context of faith? Like it we we talked about it a little bit earlier about how it takes a lot of trust to rest in God. But why is this such a big, heavy discussion, even now among circular communities um, or secular communities, that rest is, it's, it's non-negotiable and you're almost sabotaging your faith if you don't do this and do this with some consistency and with, as you illustrated, in some, in some confines in in a schedule, right? How we could talk about heart disease. We could talk about some of the physical things. We could also talk about just the lack of abundance. Um, But, but this as a big topic, like what's the big thing that believers need to understand about rest? If we, you know, I like, I like to locate rest and Sabbath um, in the creation story. And kind of, as I shared earlier, um, that rest is the overflow of a gift. You know, it's, it, you know, so we talk about the, you know, Adam and Eve in the, in the garden, they didn't have to work for three days and then got a day off. It's the first day of, of creation. They they got to lean into rest as God also leaned into rest. So it's it's the first gift given to us. I think sometimes we don't know what to do with good things. Mm-hmm. And um, again, it's, it's, it's why I love to frame my faith, not in punitive kind of a framework or paradigms very much out of like overflow. I don't serve a God of scarcity. I flow, uh, serve a God who says, I invite you into life and life more abundantly. I love the comma life more abundantly part. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes even good things can be a threat to us because we're ju- we either don't feel like we're worthy or we, we've been told we need to like earn things. We've got to hustle mm-hmm. for God's love. And mm. God's like, no, you don't have to do. And so you don't have to do anything to get the rest. And I think sometimes it's really our lack of trusting that we, um, that we are given such a lavish, we're given such a lavish gift. So if I had to like give an overarching, why would I ever walk away from a good thing? Mm. Uh, I have been hurt, betrayed. Um, there are a lot, there are a lot of things about this world that are like literally come at, like truly come for me. But God, who is, as one theologian says, who is the hound of heaven, comes Mm. after me, not to destroy me, comes after me so that I might know that I um, can have life and life more abundantly. And so I just say, when we resist rest, um, we are basically resisting a gift. And to learn how to live with uh, open hands and open life will will shape us. And, And I would just say, you know, um, for, for anyone just to try to make the commitment to some rhythm of rest, I can promise you without a shadow of doubt, you will begin to fall deeply in love with the person that you are when you're rested. Mm. Love the way you love your, um, you know, the people God has placed in your life. You will love the way you, um, do your work. Um, when you are rested, I I can Mm -hmm. promise that when you're coming out of a place of rest, it, there will there will also be an overflow. There will be an there will be an overflow. Mm. I, when I had my um, my time in Mexico, that that was a time of rest for me. I was working, but there there were certainly periods where, just even my environment. So I think we need to say that too. Like some of our environments are not conducive for rest, and I think as people, we need to be mindful of that and build spaces for ourselves um, for rest. But there were things that that God healed me from. And it's just like a lot of things. You get sick and they tell you, go lay down. And so those spiritual things, that spiritual healing, I literally laid down for God to work on me, for God to literally being under heavenly anesthesia 
Mm. and letting God to cut me with his word, heal me with his word, accepting the forgiveness that was also a gift that I could not have accepted before. Mm -hmm. Um, And just literally resting. Like I rested in Mexico. Mm -hmm. I rested in Mexico. That was my place of healing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know everybody can't get up and go to another country or some of us don't even have spaces in our homes for that. But we have to, like the Bible says, you know, um, um, pursue peace. You know, we have to, we have to, to, to chase peace, right? We have to be after that. So we need, not in a frantic type of way, but I think we need to be after our rest and, and all of the things that we need, all the tools that we need to be able to enjoy that. Um, this is a, a, maybe a dumb question, Pastor. And, I, and, and then we wanna hear what you're gonna do in November or nothing <laughs> that you're not gonna do. Yeah. But, but the question is leading into your November. What do you do in your time of rest? I think one of the things that I absolutely am very much committed to is um, having a day where I do not wake up to an alarm clock where I and Mm -hmm. I and I use this phrase, I will let the day tell me what we're going to do. That Mm -hmm. is the most restful or the most restful moments when I'm not. where my calendar is not my taskmaster, but where wow. boy leads me in a direction or I wake up, I drink a cup of coffee, I watch an episode of the Great British Baking Show, I listen to some IG DJ and I jam to 90s jams, I go to the farmer's market or I piddle in the yard or I go work out or I walk up and down, you know, um, well, not so much in COVID, but walk up and down the aisles of a grocery store because I just have nowhere else to go. Um, my first week, I took a sabbatical in the summer of 2019. And yeah, my yeah. week of my sabbatical, I remember I spent like two hours one day in Whole Foods, just like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to walk past the hot bar one more time. Just because I, <laughs> because for, for the first time in 15 years of ministry, I was not responsible for any other human being except for myself. And so I, I would wake up every single morning during sabbatical. And the question that would guide me is Lisa, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And then, I, you know, that's just kind of, and, and I, and I just believe that God gave every moment to me as a gift and I just wasn't going to squander it. Wow. When you said that you sounded like God talking to Adam and Eve, I feel like you extended Mm -hmm. that graciousness and that mercy and that gift to yourself that God has extended to you. Did it feel that way? Did you feel free? Very free. Um, one of my favorite passages of scripture is um, in the first chapter of John's gospel. It says that uh, Jesus is walking and these disciples are walking behind him. And Jesus turns around and asks them, uh, what are you looking for? Is how some translations say it. But some of the translations have it. Jesus asking, what do you want? Like literally asking disciples, like, what, what, you know, what, what do you want? And the disciples say to Jesus, we want to see where you're staying. And then they hang out with Jesus. Um, And once they leave Jesus's presence, they're like, oh, we definitely know this, this man is the Messiah. And I think a lot about when um, in moments of rest, when I'm, when I listen to my gut around, like, it's okay for me to live a life, um, where I believe God gives me good gifts. So like to, to savor a cup of coffee or to sit on my front porch mm-hmm. or um, to hum chum it up with neighbors. Like it's my way of answering Jesus honestly. Like Lisa, what do you want? Okay, I want a day where I can savor. Um, and to know that like Jesus actually cares about what we, what we want. Do. <laughs> yeah, just, and what you want, gifts, gifts. Yeah. You know. Luca asked me that one day. He said, Mom, why did you give me this game? And I said, I'm your parent. I love you. I give you good gifts. I give you good gifts. I give you gifts that may not necessarily look like they have a function. You know, I I can give you a car because you need a car to drive to different places. But I can give you your, you know, your, your yellow blanket because, you know, I just know it's going to make you feel a certain way. And as your parent, I love you. 
What a fantastic conversation with Pastor Lisa. We're about to wrap up and find out exactly what she is not going to be doing in the month of November. Come back and join us. Pastor Lisa, Pastor Lisa, you got to tell us, what are you not doing in the month of November? I want to know. So November, I think I shared that I have a a no mentor. So I have someone who's um, taking over my calendar and will not allow me to add anything else to the month of November. Um, I am taking, um, thanks to um, it's, I think the Loveland Foundation going to do this thing called a getaway where you literally get to stay in a tiny home in the middle of the woods. Um, I'm going to do that for a day and all the books and articles and podcasts and things that I've been wanting to do for the longest that I haven't had the margin to do, I'm going to read. And then there are about three um, examination questions I want to ask myself during that time away um, around just like my life and vocation. So I'm going to sit with God and um, sit with those examination questions. And then um, the last thing, which I think is really important, I know this doesn't feel very restful, but it is, it is important, is there's some things that I have not had a chance to really grieve. Mm. And I've not had the margin and the space to do that. Uh, without either, you know, uh, kind of bleeding all over other people um, in ministry. And so I'm going to spend November um, sitting Shiva, as uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters would say, with myself, Mm -hmm. like just being able to grieve some of the things. And I know that that seems like counter to rest, except that it's when I'm in my rested state that I also know I'm held by God. Um, Again, it's always a reminder that I did not breathe life into God, God breathes life into me. And so I feel like, oh, as I sit on the mourner's bench, um, God will sit with me. Um, God will sit Mm. with me. I have never heard that. Mm. I have never heard it. And I have never done that for myself. And it makes all the sense in the world because the opposite is true for us, right? In order to avoid grieving, we inundate ourselves with more items to do. So we don't think about it. I'm hearing from you that we have to have a toolbox to do this because remember we're working against the world system. So you said we need space. Mm. You've got an accountability partner. We do need time. We do need time. A lot of folks are talking about mental health days. Mm -hmm. If they've got them at your job, take them, Mm -hmm. take them and do that. Don't take them and then go work on something in the house, unless that's what God allowed yeah. is allowing you to do yeah. in your time of rest, because we're not saying that we're not being productive. You're, you're going to, you're going to literally like be in a whole day of productivity, yeah. you know, in that tiny house, but you got to have time. Um, good bread. I'm sure you're going to eat well. Yes. I'll I wait. know my, my next rest does not, um, is requiring me not to eat. That's, that's what I'm hearing from my thing. And then you've got, you've got bread in the form of information that you have already picked out that you're going to feast upon. And then you've added this other element, which is blowing my mind and convicting me. And that is grief, grieving and allowing the Holy Spirit to, does, to do what, what the Spirit does best, which is comfort you, which is a part of that healing. Yeah. Is there something else that we need as, as a tool to rest? We don't need permission from, from our loved ones, do we? No, I, I it's, it's a permission. gift. And um, uh, unless you want to return to sender, uh, I think you just oh! either <laughs> accept the gift or you don't accept the gift. And like I said, I, I want to, I, I, I don't say this lightly. I realize that some people, because of the way systems are set up in this world, um, it, it's where, um, where folks are robbed is like, you know, having the agency um, to rest. 
And that's where I do feel like when I come out of rest, I'm able to do the kind of work. I, and I don't like to say things like speaking, you know, be the voice for the voices. People, people, mm -hmm. people have power. We all have, we have some, we have power. Um, I just mm -hmm. also recognize that um, systems of oppression are very real. So mm -hmm. I don't take it lightly that there are some who very much deeply desire to receive God's gift and the empire mm -hmm. um, makes it hard. But uh, for those of us who do have margin that we wouldn't forget um, when God gives us the, gives us the places mm -hmm. and, the, uh, and the space to, to be advocate um, for others. I'm so, so very proud of you. Thank you for this invitation. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for inviting other people, um, like in that passage, to consider the lilies like that. Um, yeah, because they don't toil, do they? Yes, they don't. Say, look at you. You brought it back. See, I forgot when you brought it back. They don't toil. I'm so proud of you. I love you. God bless you. Love sister. you too. Thank you. Thank God you. Bless you. Pastor Lisa is the lead pastor of the Southwest Raleigh Table in Raleigh, North Carolina. Follow them on Facebook and there you'll catch a real and relevant word delivered by Pastor Lisa right to your home. Remember, rest is a commandment, as Pastor Lisa said, the bridge between honoring God and honoring neighbor as we honor ourselves. Be sure to join us next week at Consider the Lilies for a dynamic discussion with my friend, licensed therapist Cindy Canty Dumas, as we talk about being fine and flourishing over 50. You're going to love it, and it's for any woman, any person, any age. She's going to give us some practical, life-saving techniques to manage stress and live our best lives for real. Thanks again for joining us at Consider the Lilies. I am Pastor Shauna Barbie Tyus. God bless you.